We love Jesus, don't we? Amen. Amen. We love each other. <laughs> Amen. I, I want to take a few minutes to talk about the Christmas story. And as I've said numerous times, I love this time of the year. And um, I, I love reading about Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. One day I woke up um, some years ago, I think I was in my 50s, and I understood him in a deeper way than I'd ever understood. I wanted him more than I'd ever wanted him. And today, as the, our elders used to say, uh, he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And that's what I understand. And I would like to just, if, if by any means, I may impress that upon your hearts. Those of you who maybe love Jesus, but just so-so. Or you love Jesus when everything is going well in your life. And when they are not, you blame Jesus. But I want you to just come uh, full bore to the Lord and love him at all times. And uh, depend on him at all times. Well, let's read the Christmas story a little bit of it. And we'll read a little bit of it the next time I'm up here. And then after that, until we're done with it. I won't try to do all of these 80 verses tonight. Uh, I'm taking up uh, the story in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 11. Luke chapter 1, verse 11. And uh, this is about the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. But Jesus being a king also has a forerunner. The Messiah has or had a forerunner, somebody who would go before the king shouting out, heralding his coming. I, I remember in some years ago, maybe about 33 plus years ago, that the Lord gave me an understanding. You know, sometimes God will just give you an understanding of something or you're just doing ordinary things and suddenly you know something that you didn't know or you saw something that you had not seen, though it was a, a mental picture, you saw it. And I, I had the strong sense that God was saying that, that we were an Elijah generation, that we were uh, the generation that was the herald of the coming of the Lord. Uh, of course, sometimes when you are, you are just eager for the Lord, you're in those special places, you can also imagine things. But if I imagined that, that was a great imagination. Amen. Amen. And, and so let's look at the, these verses. He says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. He's speaking of Zacharias, the, the priest, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And this is where the angel was. He says, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Can you just imagine that? I want you to use your sanctified imagination, not the carnal one. And just, just see Zacharias in the temple, and he is doing what maybe is just a regular routine ministry, but all of a sudden there's the messenger from heaven. And he saw him, he was troubled. He was troubled. Now, and, and fear fell upon him. Now, it's, I love the way the, the scriptures use such a descriptive language. He was troubled and fear fell. Where did the fear come from? It came from him. It came from Zacharias. Fear fell upon him. So that shows you, as it were, like a, a burden of fear that came upon him. Oftentimes when God moves uh, miraculously, there, there are those two elements. There's some, uh, I'm, I'm troubled and I'm fearful because I am in the presence of something 
and someone greater than me. And that's what Christmas is about for me. It's not about argument with these secularists who want to take Christ, as it, as it were, out of Christmas. They want everybody to say happy holidays because there are other people involved in this time, you know. Well, they can say whatever they want to say about their, their celebration, but our celebrations depend on Jesus Christ, and we're not going to stop that. We don't have to fight about it. We're just not going to yield to it. You know, we don't have to go on the Internet and, 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 and rant. We're just not going to do it. How is that? And so this man, fear fell upon him. And, and uh, I, would, I believe that that happens to all of us when we're in the presence of the divine. He says here, but the angel said to him, in other words, the angel was speaking something opposite to what Zacharias was feeling. He says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Uh, isn't that wonderful? I want us, all of us as believers in Jesus to make sure that even during this time of, of the year, we're going to, and this season of our life, we're going to say, we're not going to be afraid. We're, we're, we're going to be bold and we're going to be strong because there's no way we can lose because we already now have eternal life abiding in us. And he says, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. Zacharias was an old man uh, now, and his wife was beyond childbearing. And, and the angel comes in and tells him something contrary to nature, con contrary to the physical evidence. And oftentimes, when God wants to take us on a, a wonderful journey, he will take us beyond everything that we think possible, everything that we call normal. He will take you beyond that. And this is what God wants to do to the body. As I, I've said a lot recently, but I, my zeal for the church is really great. I have this great zeal for the church because I believe that God has set the church forth to be an expression of his son, Jesus Christ, in the earth. And he has set us forth to be that unshakable entity. I, it says the, the, the kingdom that we have received is an unshakable kingdom. And the church, the, Jesus says, he says, I will build my church. I will build this, this uh, great entity. And the gates of Hades will not be able to prevail, though it will press hard against it will not be able to prevail. It will try to destroy, but it won't be able. It will try to discourage, but it won't be able to. He said, and it will not be able to snuff the light out of, out of the church. So this is what God is saying here. And so uh, the angel says to Zacharias, uh, don't be afraid because your prayer is heard. So what kind of prayers are we praying we must ask? And then he says, your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth, although you, you can't see it, she's going to bear a son. And you're going to call his name John. Now, also, Zacharias, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his, John's birth. Isn't that good? So he's telling him what's going to happen. This was a messenger from God. Zacharias recognizes that he is an angel, that he is somebody uh, not of this particular realm. And then the, uh, the angel goes on, and we know who the angel is later, but he says, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, you and I want to be great in the sight of the Lord. Do you want to be great in the sight of the Lord? You know, when we make a, a, this amazing transition because I think when we come to, to God, we want to be great in our sight. We want to be great in our own minds. I mean, I, I think I did. I wanted to be great. I wanted to be like Smith Wigglesworth. Man, I, I, gosh, I wanted to commend uh, sickness to go and see it running, you know. I wanted to see uh, 
uh, um, just these amazing miracles. We all, until the Lord, and the Lord just took us through those things, took us through those times, and changed us. But he says here, from God's own throne, that John would be great in the sight of the Lord. I want to be great not in my own sight, but in the sight of the Lord. And he says, and, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Um, because he's saying he's going to be a Nazarite. He's dedicated to God from his birth. And I love the way we dedicate our babies uh, to the Lord. That means that no matter what they do, they are the Lord's. And, and God's going to bring them back. Right? He's, if they stray, he's going to bring them back. Uh, and he says he'll, uh, that John will not dr uh, drink wine or strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. He will, this is the only person I've read in Scripture, and if you know somebody else, you need to educate me. But he's the only person uh, that we know in Scripture who was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. I mean, that, that means that John was special, and this whole story is special. And uh, now, let me just give you a little glimpse into it. I know most of you know, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit uh, when Mary saluted Elizabeth, said hi to Elizabeth. But we'll get to that a little bit later. And what else about this man, this young, this young baby? And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. This is great. He's going to turn many of them to. And we know John was preaching and uh, dressed strangely. He was kind of looked like a weird guy. Uh, out there in the desert till the time of his manifestation to Israel. He was, in other words, God kept him hidden until it was time for him to be revealed. And a lot of times as believers, we think that, oh, nobody knows, you know, I could die, nobody would care. Oh, that's just a figment of your imagination. That's just your imagination. God is waiting on the right time for you. Amen. God is waiting on the right time for you. Yeah. You know, in my own life, I remember seeing my, my peers, my my young uh, contemporaries, rather, they were just being used of God in mighty ways. And here I was out drilling some old oil wells. And uh, I, didn't, I, I wanted to do, to do great things for God. But it seemed as though God didn't want me. You know? I mean, really, I, I felt like a rejected uh, lover. I love you, but you don't love me. You know, I, I, I've gone through that. Maybe you've never gone through that. Maybe you've always had great faith. But I, I said, I don't think you want me. I said, in one of my prayers, I can tell you where I was. I was in a place called Freer, Texas. Freer. Freer. You know what they said about it, right? Freer? What did they say about Freer? The only, nothing to fear in Freer, but Freer itself. Yeah, so. But, but I was there, and I was saying, I don't think you want me. I don't think you want me. And he, he, he comforted my heart, yes, but it's not your time. And John, John had a time coming. And um, he says he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. He's going to turn many to, uh, of the children of Israel to the, to the Lord. He will also go before him. That's a capital H-I-M. Him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Remember I said that, that I really believe that God revealed to me that we were, we were an Elijah generation, that we were, we were the forerunners to the coming of the, of the Lord. I believe that. Now, if we are the forerunners to the coming of the Lord, that means that he could come right when this, gener uh, this generation uh, leaves the scene, or he, we are the last generation to, to, uh, uh, to exist on the earth before his coming. So however that works, I'm ready. He says... He's going to come uh, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And what does that mean? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just 
to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, can you imagine? I, I know we're not the only group out there that's doing that, but, but we are really doing that right here in this fellowship. And we're doing that with TFI. Uh, what, what are we doing? The spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And so we're saying, wait a minute, we, we've got to be the church that Jesus died for. We have to be all that God wanted. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We're the city to sit on a hill. And what other time with white Christmas lights to say, to remind ourselves of that light, which is, which is really Jesus Christ. And we are to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I am so excited about that. We hear this story over and over, but there are some things that should never grow old to us. There, you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, those of you who are married and you tell your wife that you love her or she tells you that she loves you, that's, that, that doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. I mean, you know, you, you want to hear it. You don't, you don't want somebody to say, well, I loved you. I love you. I told you. Uh, you know, you know the, old, like the, old, the old joke, you know, uh, you know, if I changed my mind, I would have told you I had. You know, no, no, we want to hear it. We want to hear, I love you. I always tell Jesus how much I love him. You ever do that? You just, just you constantly tell him how much I love him. Though he's God, I know he's, he loves hearing that. You know, we love him. And so uh, what we are doing is saying, okay, we, we, are, we are that people prepared for the Lord. We're going to tell the God we love, God we love him, and we're going to tell uh, each other that we love him. Look at Malachi chapter 4. You don't have to. They will put it on the screen. Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. I, I wrote this down because the New Testament writers um, does give us the, the gist of this understanding. But uh, I want to uh, read it from Malachi. And as I was saying, let's keep, uh, even though you've heard this story um, maybe hundreds and hundreds of times, let's keep listening to it again and remind ourselves of who we are. Listen to what God says to, uh, to the prophet Malachi. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So that means that there will be a lot of difficult things going on uh, before the coming of the Lord. It does not mean it's going to be wonderful. You know, we're going to have all this wonderful, these wonderful things happening. And by the way, I don't think that we should just say, okay, God says there's going to be tough things, difficult things happening, so why pray? Don't pray. No, we're going to pray. That's our job. It's God's job to do what he does. Amen? So listen to what he says. So there are going to be um, um, great and dreadful things going on. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the, 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 the hearts of the children to their fathers. And so this is what, what I believe this ministry is about. And I believe the Christ-centered ministry is about just that, turning the hearts of fathers to the children. That, that is, let us be focused on the things that God deems important. And the children are doing the same. Now, uh, I, I want to just briefly say that during, uh, during my lifetime, I've never seen a time when I have been so filled with almost disbelief. Is this really going on? Are you like that? But Christmas is still Christmas with it going on, isn't it? I mean, I mean we, we're going to celebrate right in the midst of it. And then we're going we're gonna to pray, as, as Reverend Stan says, we're going to pray like it all depends on us. Right? 
right? Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to pray like it all depends on God is what he says. We're going we're gonna to work like it all depends on us. But we're going to pray like it all depends on God, right? So we're going to work. We're going to do our job like it, like it depends on us, but we're going to believe God and pray like it depends on him because it does depend on God. So whatever is going on, we're going, going to rejoice during this season of time. Now, in this story, um, in verse 18, the scripture reads, the scripture reads, um, and Zechariah said to the angel. Now, the angel just told him all these great things that God gave the angel to tell him. So Zechariah, like so many of us, look, look at what he does. How shall I know this? Isn't that, is, do you find that interesting? I mean, here's an angel coming to you. You recognize him as an angel. You're, you're, you're scared as could be, but he speaks and he removes your fear. But you still ask such a question. How shall I know? For I'm an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. Now you notice uh, uh, there's a lot of wisdom here because he doesn't say, I'm an old man and my wife's an old woman. He, he says, he uses, <laughs> he uses good language, doesn't he? And my wife is well advanced in years. <laughs> so, so the angel didn't just take everything away from him. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. I, I love this. You know, we talk about it perhaps every year, many times a year. The angel says to him, I'm Gabriel. I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. What do you mean, how should I know this? I'm standing in the presence. I stand in, and I stand, who stands in the presence of God means that that's, that's my position. That's who I am. I stand. I, it's the ever-present now in the presence of God. And was, I added I, italicized I. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I was sent to you by Almighty God. You know, sometimes God gives us a word through somebody that we don't esteem, and we wonder, well, I wonder if that, that was just probably them. No, no. He says, I'm Gabriel, man. And then he says, I was sent to, to speak to you and bring to you these glad tidings, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the, the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in, your own, in their own time. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How, how are you with the things of God? Now, we read about this brother who did not believe the angel. But the angel said, I'm not going to let you, you talk. You won't be able to talk until these things happen. I think sometimes we almost talk ourselves out of believing in God by looking at natural circumstances. Yeah. Let's not look at the things that are going on in the world and wonder where, where the power of God has gone. It hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, the power of God hasn't dissipated. Let's be strong in the things of God, not in the things of the world. Let's believe God's messengers, not those who sent themselves. Gabriel says he was sent by God. He didn't send himself. So we can determine whether someone sent uh, uh, himself or herself or whether God sent them. And once we, once we know that God sent them, let's be, a, let's be believers. I was sent. Go ahead, Sister B. I'm going to join you. 
So you're, you're, not, you're going to be mute. You won't be able to talk. And then it says in verse 21, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. Uh, they were like, well, why am I staying there? But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned to them and remained speechless because the angel said, you're not going to be able to talk. I think maybe the angel said, if you're going to speak doubt, I'm going to take your words away. Because doubt and, and unbelief will not bring about the things of God. You have to believe God when it doesn't look good. You know, this man was, was past childbearing. His wife was past childbearing. And God bought a miracle. He's, a, he's a, yeah, the seed of Abraham. He should have known that Abraham, he should have brought to mind. Abraham, without, as it were, an angelic visitation. Abraham was a man uh, 100 years old. And his wife, 90 years old. And they got pregnant. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you've got to look as a believer. Let's look at our, our heritage. Let's look at all the great things that God has done. If, if he did it in the life of, of, of these brothers, that mean, that's, that, that's, in, in, uh, that's our history. That's not somebody else's history or that's the Jewish history. No, it's my history because it's the history of the faithful. I believe that. It's my history. Yeah. And, and so if God did it for them, he'll do it for you. Yeah. Is that right? All right, all right. Well, give me a couple more minutes there. Right, give this Texan a couple more minutes. Okay, and so it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Uh, but he couldn't talk. He went to his own house. He's writing things down. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth, now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself five months. Man, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't imagine. You know, I, I tried to. I can't imagine. This very old woman, uh, well-advanced in years woman. <laughs> well-advanced in years, is she's hiding herself. And this is what she says. She says, thus the Lord has dealt with me. In this manner, the Lord has dealt with me. I was a barren woman. I was the talk of the town. Somebody must have sinned, in I, or, or Zacharias, but no, God said they were blameless. But yet she was barren. She says, this is the way that God has dealt with me. I'm saying to you, there are those of us in this building right now that we're going to have that thus the Lord has dealt with me experience. I'm telling you right now. I have that in my own life. You will have that in your own life. Just believe. Does God have to take away your speech so you can't speak doubt? He did in this case. Well, listen to what she says. Uh, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. So now all of her friends are shouting and praising the Lord. Is that a good story? Hallelujah. So we're going to continue this wonderful story Sunday. All right? We'll talk about Gabriel, the same angel that Zechariah didn't believe or, or questioned. We're going to see what Mary says. Let me bless you, and I'll come back in a moment. Father, thank you for the, the, the joy of just sharing your word and looking at Scripture and just talking about it a little bit and bringing it to clear focus. I want to thank you for the believers in this house and those who are online. 
I want to thank you. I pray that this story never grows old. Um, it's as fresh the, now as the first time I believe I heard it. That there was a one day, after so long a time, you visited your people Israel. And I say here in this house, that many who are under the sound of my voice and those online, you've been waiting and waiting for your, that, a Kairos moment. And you're going to bring it to pass in their life as well. There are things that have eluded us, but it wasn't time yet for the fulfillment. But now is the time for fulfillment. I pray that you would do these great and mighty things through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Amen.